0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a, a Breaking a Bad recap, episode six, season four, a pretty famous episode. This one is called Cornered, first aired on the 21st of August 2011, written by Jennifer Hutchinson, directed by Michael Slovis, and plenty to talk about this week. And Oh, okay. Let's let's get this. Who's gonna who's gonna use the quote first? Are any of us gonna use it? Let's try this. My name is Ben and Tucker. 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 I can't believe you just didn't take you didn't take
1: the bait. You're leaving it for me. That's that's I'm really nice. I'm leaving it
0: for you, Nick. Come All on. Right, well,
1: somebody's got to do it. My, uh, my name's Nick and uh, I'm not in danger. I am the danger. Boom. There it is. Come on. I gotta be nice, right? You, well, there's you, two you, parts to it. I thought I thought one of us could take that and one of us could take the the other part of it. So maybe you can close with that.
0: Or well, maybe you can just give me the more famous one next season, uh, you know, because it <laughs> kind of works better. Say my name. <laughs> we'll work that out. But uh, Cornered, uh, very famous episode for, for one particular scene. When you're talking about quoted lines from this show, famous moments from this show, this episode has it. And as we kind of alluded to last week, it's sort of, I don't say comes out of nowhere. It does come out of nowhere. It's kind of, there's no build-up. It's just sort of, it's a pretty intense dialogue scene and kind of just the way it is delivered and everything, is, I think it kind of adds to what it makes it so iconic because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I remember when I watched this through for the first time and then all of a sudden you see the two most quoted moments from this show is this episode and the whole Say My Name next, uh, season. I'd often be like, why are they quoted so much? Like, they're cool, but like, are they really that good? Like, I mean, it's kind of weird that they're quoted so much i mean now i see it i completely see it but i guess it's kind of one of those things that maybe i just wasn't invested in the show as much as some people were the first time around so but yeah we'll get to that scene obviously in just a moment but i mean outside of the scene this is a this is a great episode i mean it's, it's not this one scene this isn't just an episode that's great because of one scene last week we kind of said that it was a buy because of one scene it would have maybe just been a solid rent one scene turned it into a buy I'm going to spoil it right now. This episode's a buy even without this scene. So, it just adds to this being a really good episode.
1: Yeah, well, I think kind of like I talked at this, you know, when we were kind of um previewing the season at the end of the season, you know, the season 3 recap that you kind of had a certain point in Breaking Bad season 4 and it's just like it's all on and there's just no turning back. It's just like a pretty solid run to the end and and i think we're there like we're we're pretty much there now like um you know every episode from here is is going to be pretty full-on um and going to be is going to have at least one kind of memorable scene going forward so that's how good the show gets so uh, you know i think kind of strapping because like things are just going to go crazy from here on out
0: yeah and i think that's a good point of making because we were struggling last season weren't we with sort of long episodes that didn't really you know i mean they weren't terrible again it's breaking bad but there were just sort of stuff which you know you're not going to remember a large portion of season three are you whereas (laughs) this one it's sort of yeah like the, the kind of the build up to everything and kind of how it works and again as we've sort of said a few times this episode is is much more than one scene which again even as we said last week it's got a very famous scene, but most sort of casual fans of this show would not be able to name this episode. They would they would remember the scene. They just don't know the episode it's in. So, And as you kind of even said, they might not even remember the season that it's in. So, um, yeah, but we'll get into it. We've got another cold open, literally. <laughs> We're in the truck, similar to what we had in bullet points. This time around, Mike's not in the truck, so uh, maybe these people aren't going to last <laughs> this time around. Got a couple of uh, goons in the back. Instead of getting uh, completely shot up, though, we've got our cartel members basically gas these guys to death so that they can uh, get the drugs out. And we meet uh, this guy. Now, his name is Gaff. I'm, le- I'm reading here. He's kind of a bit of a prominent cartel member that we get at least for a few episodes. Uh, didn't know his name was Gaff. Is he just because it's like gaffer tape? He's handy. He can be used for anything. Yeah, um, who knows? Pretty, pretty shitty name. But. Um, Maybe I, I, I do kind of like the way they do. I, I will cap it here because I think the next scene we're obviously going to talk about for a bit longer. But the thing I like about kind of how this is set is that, A, it makes more sense to maybe gas them out because this time around they're not just going to, you know, go by a chance. that They're just going to nick some guy's ear. I kind of love the, the cold-heartedness heartedness of the way these cartel members are where they're literally just sitting there eating chips and sandwiches as these guys are in the back of this truck fighting for their life, trying to breathe. Uh, the graphic nature of the, the truck driver, his brains are literally like all over the front seat. So, yeah, it's kind of just I love a good, cold, evil kill where these guys are just going there. But, again, I, I have to question the poor truck driver who, again, gets this job. Like Gus is a is a very meticulous man, but, I mean, I don't know. Like how does he sell this role of a truck driver? What happened to the last truck driver? Nothing. Just didn't want to do it anymore. Didn't die? No, no, didn't die. Definitely <laughs> didn't die. Absolutely. He's, he's gone back to Puerto Rico. Um, so anyway, but it's badass. I, I do kind of like Gaff the badass here, which is weird because I never thought I'd be commenting on me liking Gaff because he's kind of there in this show. He doesn't really become super memorable like some other villains, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool way to open the episode.
1: Yeah, I think kind of, um, you know, one of the comparisons I make here is to kind of like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies and, you know, there's a line at the end of Batman Begins where it's like, it's all about escalation like you do one thing and then the next the next time they do something worse and and on it goes. And so this is obviously like the escalation like the first time around they kind of shot the shit out of this truck and and ended up costing them, you know, because Mike was was smart enough to get out of it. But, you know, there's kind of no escaping at this time. They, they've found in another ingenious way to get what they want and they, you know, they kind of, you know, leave with this this kind of um you know you know this one bucket that's got the the meth in it. So um yeah, I think it's you know, just kind of seeing that escalation is really important. Um and, you know, just kind of like turning the screw a little bit on Gus, you know, he's under a bit of pressure, you know, from, from kind of outside, not, you know, we kind of think of this being about the kind of Walt versus Gus, but actually Gus has got a lot of pressures on him. You know, like the walls are closing in around Gus a little bit, you know, Um, know, there's all sorts of people that are kind of after his empire. So yeah, I think it's just really interesting.
0: Well, we get the title sequence and then we get into this scene Cause again, as we've alluded to, it kind of just, it happens like here it is. Boom. This is our, our very famous scene. So Skylar's, reading the news about Gail and kind of trying to piece a few things together and
1: can i just stop you there because i know you're going to get into you're going to get into you know the famous line and everything here but you know this this news report about Gail, he's
0: supposed to be 34 yeah i think we mentioned that last season i remember mentioning that to you at one point that his character was only meant to be 34 i mean i'm 34 right now at the time of recording this do i look the same age as Gail? i don't think i do i mean
1: no disrespect to uh to the actor who's playing him because it'd be great to have him on the show one day but uh yeah it it is a um like it's just a bit of a surprise when you read it like age 34 right really you know yeah yeah. so i remember
0: reading that in his wiki page like yeah when we, we mentioned at one point that he definitely does not look that way um but yeah so he's she's reading the news story she's listening to the voicemail from last week a few more times and rather than fuck walt this time around she's gonna um question him and Basically, she's questioning him about what was last night. Like, was, you know, were you involved in this Gale guy? You know, why were you essentially goading on Hank to keep catching you? Walt's back into good old lying mode, kind of like, oh, what did I say last night? Oh, you know, woe is me. And I mean, this is what I love about this scene. I think even more so than the famous line, it's just how it starts off. Like, Walt's just kind of so nonchalant, oh, shut up, Skylar, lol, let's have a good day together. Like, it doesn't start off as a fight. This is kind of like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when it starts off of a fight and then it turns into something more calm. This is the opposite, and it just feels natural because Walt here is just kind of passing off everything that Skylar is questioning him. Skylar's like, you know, like, are you in danger? Like, you, we need to know. Like, uh, tell me how this happened with these people. Like, why is this person killed? Are you next? And, you know, just questioning him. And it obviously leads to the famous moment where... Skylar essentially is like, we need to know if we're in danger. To which Walt sort of has this look. It's like, who do you think you're talking to? You know, I am the danger. <laughs> you know, I'm not in danger. I am the danger. You talk about somebody knocking on the door. I am the one who knocks. You know, I'm the one that people fear. And just full on, just turns into Heisenberg for the first time, really, with uh, Skyler here. Goes in, has a shower, and Skyler. This is just the fear. Like, what? Another thing I love about this scene is outside of the amazing acting by Brian Cranston, and that's what you know this scene for. We just talk about Anna Gunn's reaction, just that shot they have of her sitting on the bed, the absolute fear in her face and just everything. Like, she's realising, fuck, like... Because she's essentially implying. She's saying, we can go to the cops. You know, poor old high school teacher with cancer needed to make some money. You're the victim here. And this is where she realises, okay, fuck, no, not the victim. This guy's kind of getting off on the power here. So... Yeah, I mean this scene is incredible, just amazing. Both Brian Cranston and Anna Gunn are so goddamn good. Say the quote a thousand and one times, you know, I I I am the danger, you know, I'm the one who knocks. That's what you always see the posters, you can buy them at like Kmart. You've got the silhouette face of of Heisenberg with the whole I am the one who knocks. So, yeah, I mean right now If we don't put this in the top five at the end of the season, I think we're fired from life as Breaking Bad podcasters. It will be in there. Don't worry. (laughs) He's our second guaranteed one of the two that we've already seen so far. We've got two more to come right now this season. But, yeah, I mean, just, just amazing.
1: Well, I think what's really interesting too is like there's this kind of moment where he. I mean, there's so many aspects to this, uh, but like you know, like kind of as he does the the kind of transformation into into Heisenberg, he actually takes off this kind of red shirt he's wearing. He's got this like dark maroon shirt on underneath, and it's almost like you know, like he he does like a physical transformation into this darker version of himself. Which I think is quite an interesting kind of choice by by the producers to kind of do that. I think it's quite clever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really funny that, you know, like this has become like the line, you know, I am the one who knocks because like, out of context, that makes no sense. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, you know, mm. you know, I'm not like I'm not in danger. I am the danger. That makes a lot of sense. Like, I think you could. That's just a badass thing to say, and anybody's going to really understand that. So, um, I think it's just interesting that you know which line has because I think the you know that I'm the one who knocks has become the the big one. You know, that's the one that kind of people really remember. Um, and it's just interesting that you need you need the context of what the show is about for that line to make sense. So, I think it's really really good. But I think it's just this again it goes back to the thing we talked about in the last episode around you know walt's pride is the thing that gets him into trouble the most is that there are all these people saying to him all the time you know like you know, jesse said this to him before other people have said like there, there is a way out here we can go to the cops it's not too late you know like we can spin this we can get leverage now that you know like we were kind of forced into it or what you know there is a way out of this and walt Walt's pride won't let him do that because he wants to take the credit as being this amazing, you know, like the, he wants to be Heisenberg. Um and so I think it's just really interesting to think about it from that perspective, you know, that he he has options and he will just never never get take them up because that would be you know, like it would be giving away his power as Heisenberg. Um, and so like, I just think it's just so amazing on so many levels. I think, um, yeah, you're totally right. Like this scene works so well because of Brian Cranston's acting. Um, and that, you know, he has, as you talked about, and I think the last episode of that, he has the Heisenberg voice now, doesn't he? Which is that kind of like that dark foreboding voice. Like he just draws his voice drops like a couple of octaves, you know, like when he's, when he's doing the Heisenberg thing, which is really cool, but it also works because of Anna guns. Like she's just like, in complete fear and shock of like what he's saying like and I think you know the kind of Skylar reaction really really kind of sells this as you know like she actually just never really saw him in this way before um, and we we go on and on about how Hank just under like underestimates this guy and, and everybody has you know and this is the first time she's actually seen who this guy has become you know almost like in plain sight she hasn't really realised it before and here he is and and yeah I just it, it, it's just it, it's such a replayable scene you know you can go back and watch it so many times over and it's going to still have its impact every single time which is what's really really amazing to me like it doesn't matter if this is the first or the thousandth time you've seen it it still has so much you know power behind it which is amazing and i just i love kind of like the the emphasis that that brian cranston puts on certain words you know i think I kind of because i always kind of forget you know like is it the you you know it's. I always think it's like I am the one who knocks, but it's not. It's like I am the one who knocks. You know, like it's. Yeah. It's kind of the way he, the kind of the the words he chooses chooses to emphasise when he. And I imagine there's many different takes of the scene where he emphasises different words, and this is the one the producers have chosen to use. I think is really interesting. So, yeah, I think it's just it's a it's an absolutely kind of forceful performance by both of them. It's totally memorable, and it's kind of completely. It just encapsulates this character of Heisenberg and 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 who he has become you know, we talk about where that moment is where he's become Heisenberg and he's long since passed that, but I think he's now starting to reveal who he really is to to um, people that he's tried to keep it a secret from before. He doesn't, you know, you talked about he starts the scene kind of with these kind of casual lies, which he's really good at, but now he just, he's, he cares less and less about that. Now he doesn't actually care who he tells and who he reveals himself to truly be. And if he's prepared to, you know, reveal this to, this personality to Skylar, um, I think, you know, like, all bets are off. Like he, he's prepared to be whoever he wants to be. Um, so yeah, great scene um, kind of caps off with as close as I think we're ever going to get to uh, Brian Cranston penis in the shower there. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a pr- pretty low cut scene uh, there. Um, and um, yeah, I, I do like that they, that, you know, the continuity team are always great here is that we always see the scar on, on, on what, whenever we have a scene with him with no shirt on, like we never, I think it's really important that we always kind of cut back and we always have those kind of, even though the cancer story is kind of dropped away quite, Quite a bit and this point in the show i think um we never forget that this is how it starts they always give us those kind of visual cues to remind us which i think is really important so yeah i mean just gold standard of, of scenes that everything about it is amazing um yeah it's gonna it's gonna be in our top five and and there's no question about that
0: which i want to they've got the full speech here and i'm gonna read it out. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna act it i'm no brian Cranston. but um one thing i'll say like i just i love There's two bits in it that I love, which kind of, again, get overlooked. So I love the beginning here when he just kind of has that look on his face like... Who are you talking to right now? Like, I just, I love the way he kind of does that when he's like, Who are you talking to right now? Who is it that you think you see? And then he kind of goes on this spiel here. And I love this NASDAQ line that he says about how much he earns. So he says, Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going to work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Imagine that. There you go. Gus Fring's drug empire on the NASDAQ. Sure. Buy stocks in it. Um, disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to. So let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skylar. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot. And you think that is that of me? No, I am the one who knocks. So boom. Um, again, I'm no Brian Cranston. Please Hollywood hire me clearly for my acting skills right there. But, um, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. I I lo- I like I love the follow-up scene. I love – I mean, we should mention that Skylar drives away. So Walt kind of has a shower. I don't see his dick. But then he comes out and he obviously apologises, And uh, but Skylar's gone. She's buggered off. Um, but I, I love Walt and Bogdan in the car wash. I just kind of like this whole sequence where we just literally had Walt go full Heisenberg to his wife – you know, I am the one who knocks. I am the danger. And here we've got old eyebrows McGee basically saying, like, this is what you do if some person doesn't want to stay back, and you make them do it. Like, you know, even if they don't want to, this is what means being boss. And he's kind of just being a dick here, like, and if you can't do it, maybe you get your woman to do it. Um, and and going on here about, um, you know, everything as is, as is, as is. And then we get Dick Walt when Bogdan's got his dollar in a frame, which is very American. We had this in Nip Tuck, remember? Uh, And then I just love Walt. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh, as is. So he then just breaks this frame, gets the dollar, does this whole little thing where he kind of like, you know, splits it essentially, kind of does that noise thing with the paper and goes and buys himself a can of Coke. (laughs) It's brilliant.
1: I love it. Oh, yeah, it is so good. And I think, you know, I kind of talked about the last time we saw um, Bogdan and, and you know, like I felt really sorry for him. And I still feel sorry for him here. I think, that's just, you know, like it's, um, you know, like he, he kind of goads Walt a little bit here too. But, you know, I, do, I just really feel sorry for this guy. And, yeah, I think it's just like, as you say, like total dick move to just like you know, take that dollar and smash it, um, which is really, really good. And I do love like kind of listen to the commentary that apparently like they just couldn't get this dollar note to actually get, accepted by the by the um vending machine they, like they had this great scene planned and then they actually had to go and get another another note because it just wouldn't accept which I think is a really kind of funny little capper on the scene so yeah I think I think it's really good and it's um yeah it, it's kind of again just like sliding back to that thing of like Nobody really kind of gets that this guy, you know, is as dangerous as he is. You know, like again, he's been overlooked by everybody, including the kind of car wash owner who he's just kind of swindled out of a out of out of his business. You know, so yeah, I think just there's so many elements to to this to enjoy really.
0: One thing that I will say makes me miss America: dollar cans of Coke, just uh, <laughs> nice, cheap. Simple, and this is a thing. Like I remember going to—I was with a friend. I think we we're in Colorado, and we went to a, a gas station, service station, and I wanted a bottle of water. I ended up going in there, and I think for three bucks, I got myself a bottle of water, a big gulp, and like a packet of chips. I'm like, fucking, no wonder this—everyone's so fat in this country. But it's great because it's cheap and it's <laughs> trashy, and it's fantastic. um Mike and Jesse are at uh, at a diner. This is the the diner they're always at. And um, do you, do movie? you realize
1: what they're, what they're eating there? Did you pick right. up on,
0: is this the breakfast chalupas from last week? No. <laughs> is, it, is
1: it like, cause he's eating like corn, I don't know, like corn on the cob. Is it corn like bread? No. It, well, it's like corn on the cob and meatloaf. Um, oh, okay. But like, right. like I, I wouldn't have known that unless I listened to the commentary. Cause it does not look like meatloaf. It just looks like this kind of square I thing. See,
0: it looks like, it looks like meatloaf to me. It's very American meatloaf. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, well are you a Meatloaf fan? I mean of uh, the food and the singer. Well, why not? Listen to Meatloaf <laughs> while eating Meatloaf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never doubled up like that. Maybe I should. What a, what a man meatloaf is. Like, he gets bagged out a lot in Australia as being like the worst ever AFL Grand Final Entertainment. But I don't know. Like there's a couple in the last few years which I think were worse than Meatloaf. It's, it's, kind of a, it's like
1: it's like a it's like a a, a, a um Performer's name that you could never get away with now. You know, like, welcome to the stage, Meatloaf. Like, it's just like <laughs> that. Just does not work. But like, well, he, welcome he to the stage, to Vegan
0: Nuggets. Uh here they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, how has he not had to change his name? Is he not offensive to vegans in like in this day yeah, and age? Yeah, well, that's like, true. Not a petition to change the name of me. I mean, didn't the Dixie Chicks change their name because it was like mildly racist from like the old days or something yeah, like the, that? I think so. I think
1: they're just the chicks
0: now, aren't they? Hmm. Well, of course they would be. Why wouldn't they be? And is, is that offensive to chickens? I, I don't know. So, yeah, petition to change Meatloaf's name for the vegetarians out there and vegans. Um, I really want Meatloaf now. Jesus, yum. And the singer. I want to listen to Bat Out of Hell while cooking a Meatloaf. Um, if you ever want to laugh, Google, uh, we'll go to YouTube and look up Meatloaf AFL Grand Final. It, it was pretty pathetic. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty- even I
1: remember hearing about that.
0: Pretty embarrassing. Uh, literally gets brought up every single year whenever they announce the AFL grand final entertainment. Oh, it can't be worse than meatloaf. Um, So there you go. That's the ongoing joke in Australia. But Mike and Jesse are at the diner. Jesse's, uh, I guess, is he, is he shaking? He's, he's not using yeah. So he's obviously going through a withdrawal here. Uh, Mike gets a phone call and he's got to go uh, do something and Jesse doesn't go along with him. I always think this is a scene with Gus, but that's a little bit later on, isn't it? Mm. Um. So yeah, but we got a, a. We haven't really mentioned the breakfast scene. We got breakfast. We talked about Walt Jr. and uh, Walt last week, and breakfast scene. We have got another breakfast scene now, uh, where it's just Walt and uh, Walter Jr. And this is where they're questioning where. So they don't know where Skylar's gone, and um, it's kind of a nice scene, like with Walter Jr. Kind of basically saying like, "It's not your fault. You've got a disease." Uh which the thing I really like about this episode, like the scene at the end when. You know, Skylar is a real victim in all of this, yet Walt somehow is still coming out of a hero. That even this story that they've concocted to basically be like, he's a gambling addict, like, Walt Jr.'s looking up to him, like, you're cool, Dad. Like, you know, it's kind of like, this shouldn't be the case, should it? So um, it's kind of interesting. Um, Basically, this is going to lead to Walt Jr. driving, being driven to school. Walt's like, I'm going to buy you a car and... Walt Jr. ever the typical teenager, they pull into this car yard and basically look up. Oh, if you're really gonna buy me out, you're gonna really buy me out. Looks up and here's this uh, Dodge, basically this fancy souped-up car on a billboard. So why not? Shows in, buys him this brand new car, and uh, thanks dad. And one thing I, I really actually like is the weird subtlety of it when they pull back home and kind of. The way like Walter Jr. is kind of like, yeah, Dad, I really like it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> like it's kind of like, if this is me and my dad's this way, and he's buying me a Ferrari F50. I'm not just gonna be pulling up to my driver, going, thanks, Dad, it means a lot. I'm like, you bought me a fucking Ferrari. <laughs> like I'm gonna be losing it. So I kind of like the subtlety of, of it, but I always, I always think this is our bonfire scene. But we get that next season. So uh, a <laughs> bit of a tease for bonfire. But I, I like this. I kind of it's. You know, we don't get a whole lot of Walter Junior really, but when we do, kind of, it's, it's a nice sort of father-son bonding scene, and again, kind of showing Walt once again really getting that Heisenbergness, kind of not really thinking about this. And we're going to get obviously the scene later in this episode about why buying his son a brand new Dodge is probably not the smartest idea.
1: Yeah, it is one of those things. It's just like, what are you thinking? Like, but it, it kind of like you know. It, it kind of goes back a little bit to the scene. We had, a, a, I think two or three episodes ago now where they kind of, you know, he's bought that expensive Winston Churchill wine, you know, and, and Skylar saying, you got to be careful. Like the, the people will ask questions about how you can afford this lifestyle. And, you, you know, we're kind of, we've kind of moved past Walt doing this for his family now. Like, you know, he's making millions of dollars a year and, um, You know, he's at this stage in the story, he he wants to be able to enjoy some of his ill-gotten gains, and and he's getting frustrated because he can't. Like, in order to maintain this illusion and, and keep his nose clean, he has to actually. You know, like he can't use that money in a way that he might like to. So you, you kind of see the frustration from what, but also it's kind of like, what are you thinking? Because there's no way that you can do this and and it not arouse suspicion. So like, you know, like if you're Skyler, you'd just be pulling your hair out with this guy, like you're just not thinking things through, you know? Um, so I, th- I think it's a really good scene from from that perspective of just reminding the you know the audience that actually like, you can't go around doing this stuff. It's just it's dumb. You just can't do this.
0: Do you like the car? Are you a fan of this car?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm not really much of a car person. It looks nice enough to me. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I, I, you know, I think if I saw someone driving along the road, I would think they had a lot of money.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the thing that I noticed in New Zealand is that you have a lot more American cars than, than we do. Like you see kind of, even in the cargo, I freaking saw people had Mustangs and kind of Dodgers and Chevys. And whereas, like in Australia, like they're very rare, you never see them. Yet, when you're in, when I was living in Canada, I mean, that was just kind of not necessarily the fancy ones, but I mean, you know, Chevy and, and Mustang were regular road, you know, it's like you're just seeing a Ford or a Holden almost. So. <clears throat>
1: Um, I'd yeah. rather I'd, I'd rather have the, the Pontiac Aztec, I'll stick by no,
0: you really would, I, I tell you what if I ever win like the lottery or something like that and I make <laughs> millions, then I'm going to buy you that, I'm just going to like, not even going to tell you, I'm going to like rock up to your house and I've got your present Nick, here you go, Pontiac Aztec with a big ribbon around it, maybe I'll even, I'll, I'll fly out Colby to, uh, yeah, 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 just like I just I just want like a cardboard
1: cutout of his mum that I can hide behind yeah. the bush so like she can watch me while I shower in it.
0: I wonder, I wonder how much money it would take to the, track down Colby and fly him and his mum out to New Zealand in a Pontiac <laughs> for a five-minute podcast skit. I reckon he'd do it. I reckon yeah, why he's done. Not? I reckon done
1: less for me. It money. can't be. Uh, it can't be. Can't be worse than Top Shot.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say he hosted Top Shot, didn't he? Um, <laughs> that was a low blow. Jeez, I, I I watched like five minutes of that once. He's like, I love me some Colby. Let's be honest, but he's not the greatest host. Um, also not the greatest actor. So uh, I know he's our friend's reference. Ding ding ding. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched much of Joey. Not as bad as people say it is. Still pretty bad. But Colby appeared in about two or three episodes of of Joey as Joey's rival and acting rival. So I don't know if you ever saw Joey. Oh, in- I just
1: I remember he was on like an episode of like Arrested Development or something where they all have they were bringing like um you know, they were told to bring like a Holocaust survivor to this like yeah. thing. And then somebody bought Colby cause he was on survivor. Like, yeah, it was, I, I remember, I remember that. that being like quite, quite a, like, not, not, it wasn't controversial. I think it was just like quite funny at the time.
0: It's um yeah, like I don't think I ever watched the show, but um I, I remember seeing that clip. That was like uh yeah, we had that the show The Games, which was like a parody in the lead up to the Sydney Olympics of like this is the organizing committee of the Sydney Olympics and kind of right. the behind the scenes yeah. things. And they had this episode where essentially our prime minister at the time, John Howard would not apologize to the Aboriginal stolen generation. So they had like, Oh, we've got countries threatening to boycott if they don't, you know, do that. So there's an actor in Australia called John Howard. So they basically got the actor John Howard to be like, on behalf of all Australia, I am so, so sorry. And everyone's like, that's John Howard, the actor, not the prime minister. And they're like, yeah, but people in like America don't know who the real John Howard looks like. <laughs> they're going to believe this. So boo, we've ticked off the boxes. <laughs> so yeah, funny times. Um, Walt and Jesse have a coming together basically outside of the the super lab here. Um, Walt's questioning Jesse about why he's helping out Mike. Uh, what what does Walt say to Jesse here when Jesse's kind of like grabbed his crotch here and basically is like oh eat this or whatever it is?
1: Yes, yeah, like register
0: this, isn't it like register this? Like, <laughs> oh, because he says yeah, that's right. He says like oh, what are your hands registered weapons? Are they like you know you? He's kind of going on thinking he's some sort of assassin or something like that. that's it. Um, <laughs> I do like that moment. Again, we always like a good Walt and Jesse fight. Uh, and they go back into the lab and. Jesse gets, I love those phone rings. (laughs) Like, have we ever had the phone ring before? No, I don't think so. So I just kind of like. This is where he kind of goes, because he's like, oh, I've got two jobs now. Like. Yeah. um, Yeah. I guess I've got two jobs now. So yeah. he ends up leaving and Walt, again, is left by himself. And he's like, who's going to help me clean this? So Walt goes up and hires the cleaning ladies from the laundry. Uh, and obviously they're very well trained of all like, no, 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 we can't do it. And I just love Walt here when he's like, what is it? The president, oh, President Adams, are a very important man, like, you know, showing like, I don't know my American money enough to know which dollar denomination that uh, president is on. But uh, he basically, like, hires these three ladies to come down and help clean the lab, and I love the scene when he's sitting there with his coffee, gives the whole cheers up to the camera, and then, yeah, boom. Now, I don't obviously have the subtitles on this. I don't know if you actually see the subtitles of what these ladies are saying or not. No, I don't think you do. But um, I like it. I, just, I, I love, like, Walt's very cocky, this episode, isn't he? Like, he's just kind of flaunting well, yeah, and just yeah, yeah of, and that's I That's think- the whole thing. Yeah, and I think kind of like getting back to this
1: whole thing about it being pride, like obviously this whole kind of discussion that he has with Jesse outside is like this whole thing about it's all about me, like is basically what he says like line for line of like this whole thing about, you know, like this job that you're doing has actually got nothing to do with you, it's got nothing to do with skills or the fact that you've, you know, that Gus sees something in you, it's about me, it's about getting to me and you know, like that's, he may be right but it's actually like a really kind of insulting thing to say to, you know, to Jesse Um, and like he just got, like he just He's just the centre of his own world at this point. Like, his ego's out of control. Um, And he's just, like, pissing off everybody, you know? Um, And so I think it's just, like – I think it's actually incredibly well done because, you know, like, I I think we're really, really getting who this character has become. Um, So, yeah, um, President Grant, he's uh, on the – Ulysses S. Grant is on the $50 note. So they're they're $50, yeah.
0: Which – and also, to the the, the important thing to mention as well is that, um, like, as you were saying about – Walt saying it's all about me – but Walt obviously drops this line about saying that Gus is trying to draw a wedge between the both of us, which is mm. an important sort of yeah. thing to point out because what's going to happen this season is kind of going to play into kind of that. And going back yeah. to your point, you've said multiple times the chess game between yeah. the two of them. So yeah, that's a very important kind of thing to th- that Walt kind of mentions here, but um. Yeah, uh, do you like the cleaning ladies? Do you like sort of like uh, to me? They feel natural. Like I, I, I feel like they're not even actors. Like I feel like they've just
1: gotten- no, they're they're not. They're, so I think um, the kind of I guess probably the older looking one with the short hair. She's an actor. Um, the other two are not um, and they were like l- legitimately like just residents of Albuquerque who didn't speak English you know so this kind of like language barrier thing is actually real like it's not being put on for, for anything it is actually like a, a a real situation that we've got going on here. Walton his lovely pink shirt by the way I m- must point that out um, so yeah I think it's, um, it's it's a great scene and I think um, again he's not thinking through you know, like what the what the ramifications of doing this might be. He just thinks he he just wants to you know get to get to Gus in any way possible. And you know, like if he was to think this through, he would probably realise what's about to happen to them. You know,
0: yeah. Which I always thought, and maybe is it implied, like that they're killed. Like I know, kind of we're going to see them being driven off, but I always oh, I always thought no, they I were murdered. I,
1: no, I think probably, but well, I, I, the way I read it is that they basically are um, you know being put on a bus and sent back to you know, Mexico or, or Honduras, you know. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's the, that's the idea behind it. I don't think it's that they're going to be killed, but they're just going to, you know, they're going to be, they're now a risk. And so they're just going to be, that's how I read it anyway. Like, yeah.
0: Because again, it's been a while since I've watched better call soul, but like I, and spoilerish kind of vertical soul, obviously there's a whole plot line about how the super lab is built, but because like, it's implied, or at least we've got in some sort of episode, I feel where they kind of, Mention about like the employees are all vetted and everything because obviously he's very meticulous about you know, these people working mm. in the laundry don't have anything to do with what's going on downstairs, right? Mm. So, yeah, um, that's kind of where they're all like, Oh, no, 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 we can't go down, but like it, 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 it does really work. Like these people don't feel like actors, and I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, like that, just feel very natural, like it's not mm. bad or anything, but um, yeah, no, it's good. I really yeah. enjoy it. I absolutely love this scene because <laughs> this is a place that I have wanted to visit. Like I I was going to,
1: seriously- I was, yeah, I was going to ask her, have you been here? Because this feels no. like somewhere that would be on your bucket list. Uh, I, would
0: I would. I've always wanted to go. This is obviously for people who don't know. This is a legitimate thing in the U.S. The Four Corners m- Monument. So basically, Skylar's driving around. She's in the desert. With a horse with no driving, name,
1: um. driving around four hours from Albuquerque, this place is. Is it like, really uh, four know. hours? Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, Again, I've got a bit, like I remember having issues with when when Hank was going between Albuquerque and, and El Paso. I was like four hours. That's ridiculous. But, but you know, for Americans, four hours is nothing. But you know, uh, therefore, an eight-hour round trip with a baby seems like a bit of a, a stretch here. But no, let's not get let's not get into the weeds too much. Well, I'm, but, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm seeing 304.2 kilometers. Wow. Um, and that's not even the road distance, that's just the distance, the road distance, is 392.7 kilometres. So, yeah, wow, that, that kind of ruins it a little bit. But uh, anyway, um, so Skylar's gone to this Four Corners monument and she's basically flipping a coin, I guess, to run away, like this is kind of where she's going to escape or to and everything or where yeah. her and Walt are going to escape. Um, and the coin keeps landing in Colorado and eventually she kind of puts her foot and puts it back to New Mexico because she doesn't want to leave. But So, th- yeah, this is a legitimate monument that essentially it's the only quadra point in the us where four states intersect so it's arizona colorado new mexico and utah and i mean look i've been to 28 states Uh, of all these four i have not been to new mexico it's the only one i have not been to um so i've not been to uh, albuquerque or anything like that but I love borders. I love these things. Like, I just love these abilities. Like, I remember when I where I was living in, in Queensland, like, I could drive, you know, an hour and a bit down and be on the border of New South Wales and Queensland, and they've got, like, a monument with, like, a line in the middle. So you'd be like, I'm in New South Wales, I'm in Queensland, I'm in New South Wales, I'm in Queensland. Like, you, you kind of be doing it that way, which is just really cool. I love that. So, God, this would be so much fun to go to. I'd love to go there. But I love this scene. I kind of love Skylar just making this choice by flipping a coin. And then yeah, ultimately yeah. she just drags a coin into New Mexico because she doesn't want to leave.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great scene. And I might be about to spoil it for you a little bit more here, but obviously uh, Anna Gunn didn't actually go to this monument. So when you watch the scene, you never actually see kind of Anna Gunn's face at the same well, time was... as you see the monument. So they obviously sent an actress who looked like her and then shot her from behind. Well, I was, and... I was actually
0: going to ask that quickly, sorry to interrupt, because I thought like, would that be down to like laws? Because like if you technically are at like, a place where she has to technically step foot in Colorado. Like America's very finicky with their laws. Like There's a reason why they're filming in New Mexico and not Hollywood, right? So like, I don't know if like, if you're filming on a border, like if you have any part of your film crew or actor touch play, like I don't know if that's susceptible to filming laws in that state. So I was going to ask if that was maybe why they would do something like that.
1: I mean, like from what I gather, I think the reason that they they didn't send Anna Gunn there and film there was because they actually sent somebody there and filmed on that location, just wasn't Anna Gunn. Um, And so I think it was just that, you know, the time involved to send one actor, you know, like, you know, do an eight-hour round trip, basically, to to film this kind of really, really quick scene. And they did all the kind of close-ups where you actually see Anna Gunn like just in the back lot of the, you know, you know, like, cause it's all just shot from the ground looking up towards her. So you never actually see her on that monument itself. You just see an actress with, cause you know, it looks like the, her. the way
0: the, the hairs on it, like she's got her head down yeah. obviously, but um, yeah. that's yeah. clever.
1: Wow. Yeah. So no, I think, I think it's a, a it's a great scene. Um, and I actually like it even more when I kind of hear some of the backstory behind it. Cause I think, yeah, there's a little bit of work gone into, into kind of making that happen.
0: It's yeah. I mean, are you fa- Like I, I don't know if this is just a me thing, or like I mean, you're an island country in the middle of nowhere. Like I mean, the, the borders fascinate you, Nick. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever really been to a place where you can do borders essentially. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, you're right. Like I kind of haven't. I mean, I've driven across the the. Um the queensland new south wales border and, and that's about it it's about the only time i've ever really interacted with a border in any way um so so yeah i mean I, I it is interesting and i think that idea of kind of like these these square states as well which you know i don't know if any of the four of them are, are technically kind of square states but there's obviously quite a few of them in the states that are um so yeah, yeah. i think it's really interesting that you've kind of got these intersecting states all over the place in, in the usa Though i which, think that's quite interesting
0: i think, yeah. look look, uh, my geography is not brilliant of the u i mean it's better than some other countries. I am sure my geography of the US is better than my geography of Burkina Faso, but it, I'm trying to think like I'm sure there are other states where there's like three intersect. Yeah. Um I mean there, is there must a, be. Yeah. There is an Australia. So Victoria, South Australia, New South Wales would have a point. point yeah, so but I I'm, I'm just trying to think about three in the would have to be. I want, I I think I don't know if there's like a point in the world where like if, if it's in Africa or Europe where maybe Five intersect or four? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm making this shit up. I, don't, I have no idea. But um, anyway, people who are really good at geography, like, message us in, essentially, because um, everyone else messages in on this show. We've got doctors, lawyers, everyone. um So we've then got our beginning of Mike and Jesse stake out a place. So. Sort of tying back in, we kind of, I guess, gelled a little bit over what that opening scene was. Obviously, the cartel are kind of, you know, hunting down Gus's gang and kind of making it a little bit difficult for them. So, this kind of leads into Mike pulling up to this place. Basically, he's heard that there are people selling the blue stuff, that it's not any of their guys. So, they're going to try and uh, work something out. So, Mike's just like, we're just going to sit on this place and we're going to wait for something to happen. I've bought sandwiches. Yay. I want sandwiches. Good food in this episode is making me hungry, um, but Jesse is impatient, as we've learned recently. And Jesse's like, "Well, no, like we're not just gonna sit here. We're gonna we're gonna try something." So Jesse basically goes gung ho, knocks on the door, and it's like, "Oh, I'm I'm here to buy." And this guy at the door is like, "Oh, we don't sell to strangers." And we've got our friend in the background, Tucker, Tucker. Uh, So Jesse comes back to the car with tail between his legs and Mike's all cocky, like, yeah, told you what's going to happen. And I kind of love Jesse here where he's just basically like, you might know this stakeout business. I know meth heads. Like, I'm going to try something different here. So he goes to the boot, grabs a shovel. Why not? What's he going to do with his shovel? He just rocks up to the front yard of this place and just starts digging. Just starts digging. And so we've got our meth head friend comes out. What are you doing? Digging. What are you digging for? You know what I'm digging for. How deep do you think it is? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> like, so clever. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to say I want to meet a meth head, but if I do now, I know how to outsmart a meth head. Just dig a hole in the ground. <laughs> like, it feels realistic. Like, again, I'm not being disrespectful to our meth users listening to the show today, but, like, it feels like you could do this to a meth head. Um, and so as Jesse uses this as, like, hey, do you want to take over? And then Jesse goes inside to use the John. Why is a toilet called a John? Have we ever, has this ever been a thing that you know the answer to? No, I don't know. It's a, or the head, the John or the head. Like it's, you know, like people question Australians, why do you call it the Dunny or the Lou? Like, well, why do you call it the head and the John? That kind of sounds, you'd be watching a certain type of video. Um, we meet. Yeah, the, do you uh, want to know?
1: Because I've, I've Googled it.
0: Oh, okay. Nick, you're on the ball. Yes, please tell so, me.
1: So um, the name John was derived from Jake. Uh, the name of the first man credited credited with inventing the first flushing toilet, John Harrington.
0: I thought the guy who invented the flushing toilet was Thomas Crapper. Because that was that famous go. random stat that people always say, oh, the guy who invented the toilet was called Crapper. Ha, 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 ha. Like, that was always one of those things I feel that people would just drop in a random trivia thing. So maybe lots of people invented the toilet. I have no idea. But there you go. Thank you for that. Uh, Oz Network bringing you random facts about toilets since. Well,
1: another, another kind of random thing that I'm interested in is is. I I, I want to try pimento cheese now because I kind of like, oh, yes. So I was like, what is a pimento? Like, and so, yeah, like, so this is like pimento is obviously a pepper, but this, when you're talking about pimento in a sandwich, it's obviously like this kind of cheesy spread that's got like cheese and, and kind of pimento in it. So it sounds great. Like, I, I, and it's it's a Southwest thing as well. Like, it's, Mm. it's of of a place. So um, it's definitely something I'd like to try.
0: Yes, please. Um, but Jesse goes inside. Uh we've got shirtless junkie here, and we see the uh the Los Polis Hermanos, the the chicken fat things with the drugs in it, so clearly they've got it ready to go. Jesse outsmarts this guy. Mike comes in and we see the lid of uh the the chicken fat. It's written in Spanish and it's what does it say, ready to talk, yeah, essentially, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. which we're gonna get in just a moment, sort of uh, in the diner scene. Um yeah, I'll just I'll, maybe I'll just cap it. Cuz I mean this is a great scene I love. Like this is kind of I mentioned this last week how I love the kind of this sort of stakeout thing. And I just I just love Jesse being the one who kind of outsmarts him here and just again his whole I know meth heads line it's great. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's really good. And um one of the things about this is that like the, the guy screaming Tucker like I, I could, have, I would have sworn that was Michael Rooker. Like he looks so much like him. And like I go to IMDb and I'm expecting it's like, oh, I'm gonna find this real. Like he's got this cameo as a meth head. and it's not Michael Rooker. He just looks so much like him. I reckon. Um, I kind of
0: thought he looked a bit like Robert Patrick as well. Who's Robert Patrick? Um, uh the the evil guy in T2 Terminator. The, the oh right, yeah, yeah, Terminator yeah, 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 guy. yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, yeah yeah
1: but yeah anyway you know I think this is really fun I kind of talked when we were previewing this in the last episode about the the whole kind of um, spade cam shovel cam you know where they've got oh, this yes, kind of like
0: yes, of GoPro
1: course. kind of rigged up to the, the back of the you know back of this, the, the shovel and it's kind of over over Jesse's shoulder I think that's really really fun like again just like I just love how they find like creative ways of getting camera angles and shots and things that is really fun so yeah I think this is really good it just kind of is building this thing that Jesse's got some skills that can you know that can that can be of used to, to Gus and to Mike and so you kind of see Mike just like these looks on his face of like this kid's there's more to him than maybe I was giving him credit for so yeah just kind of like building this kind of fun relationship between these two guys
0: and also um uh, again Jesse's fashion we should always mention that it's kind of back to the, the, the almost the cargo sort of style here that he's uh that he's going on there with everything as well which I, I kind of like but uh, uh, like the the effects here we we talked about sort of the crack house that we had with Jesse a couple of seasons ago and um just like We've got just the, the sores that you see on their face and their body, and you see the meth teeth, which I, I know uh, I've seen criticism of the show. Why doesn't Jesse have, like, the really gross meth teeth There's a meth user? But um, we, we've got here that uh, this guy's kind of got the, the, the grossed-out meth teeth and all that sort of stuff. So props to these two actors. I believe them as meth users. Yeah, so, oh, no,
1: they're great. They're kind of right up there with the kind of Spooge and Mrs. Oh, spooge, spoof. you know, like it's the same <laughs> yeah, oh, same oh, no. kind of thing. Um, and Wendy. You- yeah 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 yes yeah so no I, th- I think it is really good i think um i, I just have to say like i think um jesse with no hair is a good look like i really yeah. really like that look and it's like the last thing we probably needed on the show was another bald character but i think i think <laughs> it does kind of like really work for for the jesse character i think kind of having the shaved head is a, is a good look for him
0: yeah and that's that's what we get from now on in isn't it like i don't think jesse ever oh does no, he have it yeah, does, does he have an yeah, el camino um, I can't remember,
1: but there's definitely oh no, because we are kind of like I think right at the end he kind of grows grows a bit of oh, hair yeah, yeah, facial hair, of, so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but no, I'm I'm with you. I I'm I'm because I think he shaves his head in El Camino from memory, so like we we go back to to bold Jesse potentially. But no, I'm with you. I think it, it definitely. And I think this is kind of Aaron Paul's look now, isn't it? I think Aaron Paul's kind of just maintained a yeah. shaved head since <laughs> he's yeah, Bad, yeah. so um, it's kind of what we're what we're used to. Um. Back at the Super lab, Walt's paying off his friends and then uh, Tyrus shows up and basically is like, they're going on a bus back to Honduras. And what, what does Walt say? Like, don't blame them. Blame, you know, tell Gus to blame me. And I love that line where Tyrus is just like, he does. And then yeah. kind of just like walks off like, whoa, okay. Um, yep. gets it. I just, I love Tyrus is just his facial expressions and just kind of like, like I love Victor. Victor was great, but he's just, it's more scary. He's kind of just got all this just this look on his face all the time where you just can never read him. And like he just mm. he'd just be a scary motherfucker, this guy to like approach yeah. in real life.
1: Like Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. He is just he's just got that real kind of like there is something you you're really kind of like fearful of him. Um yeah, I think it's a, it's a great piece of casting.
0: Mike and uh, Jesse are at the diner again. Mike's eating his meatloaf and corn again, Nick. There it is. Um, <laughs> I really want, and actually, um, Jesse's eating the same thing too, I can see here as well. So uh, standard meal at uh, this diner. Um, Gus shows up. Now, I thought this was the first time that um, Jesse and Gus had met. Of course it's not. We had that great scene last season, didn't we? You know, don't look at him, look at me. Uh, so it's kind of only the second time, really, these two have met. Uh, Mike updates Gus. Uh, saying that the message was in the bucket. Um, and I kind of like Mike here, like, let me hire some men. I know, like, 10 to 15 guys who can help out here. But I love just, again, we said this last week, just limited gas. but Gus here, what does he say? Like, let's keep this war cold for the moment. Yeah. Um, and, like, arrange a meeting, you know, we'll, we'll arrange it. Like, I just love it. Like, Gus is just so, like... Oh, I don't know. I just love the way he kind of handles this and doesn't go full. You know, just a complete opposite of Walt. Like it's just, he's just—he's so calm and just like I'm going to do it. And then I love this scene between Gus and Jesse out the front, where um, what does Gus say? Basically, like, oh, I've I've heard that you can handle yourself. You know, uh, that that's good. And what does Jesse say to him? That he's just kind of like, you know, like, oh, I I I can, and kind of I'm glad to help. Basically, so. Again, you don't really see these two ever interact too much, do you? But um, when you do, well, no, it, kind uh, of it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, you do you do later on. Um, but yeah, at the moment, yeah, there there isn't too much interaction. But um, yeah, I think it's really really good, and I think kind of you know, like Jesse's kind of always been like I don't know if desperate's the right word, but he's always been really looking for people to. Um, you know, kind of see something in him, which is exactly basically what the line is that that um, Gus uses here is that he likes to think that he can see talent in people or whatever it is that he says, and you know, it's just the kind of thing Jesse needs to hear. You know, like Jesse just wants to hear that somebody values him, and and he hasn't heard that for a long time, and and you know, like it's absolutely the right kind of way to manipulate him because you know all he's heard is is Walt Going you know like this is all about me and they're just using you to get to me you know and, and actually somebody just saying oh yeah I, I see some value in you i think is, is a really useful a, a really good way of kind of ha- having this conversation so yeah i think it's, it's a great little scene
0: speaking of great scenes i love the closing of this episode skylar shows up she sees the car walt jr again being all nice and not excited like mom, mom look at my car just kind of very calm and you know like oh it's it's a great car, it's really safe, it's great on gas. I don't believe that for one second. That car is not great on gas, I'm sorry. Um, maybe in 2009 or whatever this is said, it was maybe, but by today's standards, uh-uh, that that car ain't passed no test. Um, so Walt Jr. goes to drive it around the block and just just this great sort of uh confrontation with Skylar and Walt. Walt's basically trying to say that, like, no, can't take the car back, you know. Uh basically, uh, Walt's gonna hate you, Walt Jr.'s gonna hate you, and she's just like, yes. I'm going to be blamed again. I'm going to be the bitch mum. So thanks again for putting me in this position. But like someone's got to think about this. What are the neighbours going to think? What are Hank and Marie going to think with this car? Like you're a basically idiot for doing this. Walt's going on about how he just, you know, why can't he be a, a, a cool dad to kind of help out his son and, you know, show, out, show that he loves him and everything. And I love this line that Skylar says when she basically is just going on and then she says, someone has to protect this family from the man that protects this family. And then basically picks up Holly, goes to the room, drop Mike. Um, again, I've said this multiple times this season, but I if, if people are still hating on Skyler, uh, I, I just don't see it. Skyler just becomes so amazing, and just that line is incredible. And for such an episode where Walt has been cocky, Walt and just not caring about things like he's owned. He is just shut down in my like. Think about where we started in this episode. I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Who basically like. Yep, someone needs to protect this family from the man that protects his family and then just walks off with the baby and boom. So, ah, oh, so good. And this is what we constantly say. This episode is so much more than one great scene. This whole episode is just great.
1: Well, I think I would I would arguably say this is a better line or maybe not a better line, but like it's 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 a more important line than, you know, like the, the kind of "I am the one who knocks" is the one that's remembered because it's catchy and it's, you know, like it's it's about Walt. But you know, I think this is a a, a much more important you know, like kind of comment because it's actually it's a, it's a really, really valuable one and it kind of like completely undercuts who Walt is, you know, like he's he's always going on about that he's doing this for his family and, and you know, like kind of skyler really sees through the at this point. So I love the line. I love the way it's delivered. I love how it's written. It's just like a really like a, a simple but very clever way of kind of making a really important point. So yeah, I, I absolutely love the scene. It's it's one of my one of my favorites. Um and yeah I know it's a big call to say it's better than than the most famous line probably Probably in the whole show, but I love it. And I, and and what I do love about it is it's delivered in the, you know, deliberately so delivered in the completely opposite way to, to Walt at the start where it's Walt shouting, whereas she is just Mm. quietly making this point. And I think it just, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's so effective. So, so effective and such a great way to close what is an amazing episode.
0: I'm pretty sure that if we were to put that scene in over (laughs) Iron Man that knocks, uh, we might get shot down. Well, I think Um, it's one
1: of those things of, like, you know, sometimes you were put in scenes that – you're you kind of expected to like when we do that top five. There are iconic scenes that we we kind of have to put in, um, and and by no means do I do I think that, that that you know the the I'm the one who knocks scene absolutely belongs in a top five. This is one that I think is just it's a really really great scene that is maybe just forgotten. And I think you know part of our job is to make sure that we highlight when there's something great that has maybe been overlooked or you know and and in this episode it's really easy to lose sight of these other great lines, because, you know, like the, it's dominated by this one very, very remember, memorable
0: line. 100%. And, I um, mean, we kind of talked about that last week, didn't we, with the, the sort of scene last week, which was a great scene and kind of, you know, often gets overlooked. But, yeah, no, 100%. And Anna Gunn just shoots it out of the park with this. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Um, just some trivia. Uh, you mentioned before about the removal of the shirt. Uh, sort of Walt taking off his red shirt to have a darker shade of uh, maroon or red uh, when he's doing the speech. Um, the three laundry lady workers who clean the lab share the same first names as the women playing them, Celia, Marie, and Veronica. Cool. Um, when Jesse tries to enter the house, he uses the name Diesel, which is the same name he used last time. He was trying to recover solar meth in Pigaboo. That's cool. Um, the episode title may refer to Skylar cornering Walt with several questions. Walt is cornered into giving back the car, the trap guards in the refrigerated truck, or Skylar's visit to the Four Corners landmark. That probably works. Um, this is the second episode that doesn't use the word Shit. Wow, there's some trivia for you. Um, This one here, which I I didn't know this existed, and I need to see this right now. Samuel L. Jackson is a big fan of Breaking Bad. In a video to raise money for Alzheimer's research, Jackson put his own spin on the monologue reading Walt's infamous I am the one who knocks speech. Now, I can't imagine that's just like, I'm not the one who knocks, motherfucker. Uh, Like, it's got to be, like, filled with language. Have you seen that? Did you know that exists?
1: No, I do remember that, you know, um, and the kind of the final run of the last eight, Episodes of the show and, and season five. I know they did this kind of talking bad, which was like a talk show that kind of aired after the episode. And they would often have like an actor from the show or, you know, a writer or a producer. And then they'd often just have like a celebrity. And I remember Samuel L. Jackson was definitely on at least one episode of that, if not a couple, because he is such a big fan of the show.
0: I'm seeing here, if you Google it, it is available on YouTube. So I guess I'll be watching that uh, after we have. Uh done this i mean there's no question nick what we're doing it's bye bye right like we don't i don't need to ask you this question right oh now?
1: Def- definitely a bin for me yeah yeah, yeah terrible just yeah a, no woful. it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a buy for me yeah for sure
0: and well where i'm gonna ask you first where are you going to uh rate this one
1: well it's it's really interesting like it was kind of looking through you know because you know like we're into almost 40 episodes now and you kind of it starts to become quite hard to differentiate where they are it's like so what do I think of this episode and I kind of like I had it around about the space of like three or four of five actually of the most famous episodes which is kind of like around that kind of vertical saw box cutter bags in the river grilled kind of area um and I think kind of like my top 10 now kind of feel like very very iconic episodes so I feel like I've got a top 10 that's quite iconic now um and it was like where do i put it in terms of that and i so i've got it at eight um and i've got i've got it below just below box cutter um but above bags in the river is kind of where it's sitting at the moment so it's the second highest from season four so far so your box Cutter is obviously my top rated one at the moment and then this one um so yeah i think um for me like i think i've talked a few times is one of the things i absolutely love about about Breaking Bad is, is um, the building of tension, and this isn't one that has heaps and heaps of tension. Where I think Box Cutter's probably got a little bit more of that. So there's probably a little bit more of the things I love about the show in Box Cutter, but we're splitting hairs at this point. It's so close; they're both fantastic episodes. So yeah, that's kind of where I've got it.
0: Uh, I will just quickly say the Ringer has it at twenty second out of sixty two. Oh, so. Man. Yeah, a bit, bit too low there. Do you think, Nick? Or <laughs> oh,
1: that, yeah, I mean that 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 just feels like. I mean, it's hard to say though because, like, what I like, I've talked a lot about that I think we're we're you know think we're just going to go from strength to strength now. And and it's quite possible that, you know, a large bulk of what we've got left to come is going to actually end up above this, which is quite exciting. But it does mean that it could end up at about 22 in my rankings if that's the case, you know. So um, I'll, I'll be careful about what I say until we've, we've got a full rankings of, of all these episodes, I guess.
0: I'm looking here. They've got four season four episodes above it, one we've already had in box cutter, but there are three that we have not had. That they've got above it in the top uh, – are they all in the top 20? They are all in the top 20. So, um, yeah, there you go. Stay tuned. Um, I have got this – it's a buy, obviously. Um, I've got it in ninth. So, I, you said eighth. I'm like, wow, I've got it one spot below you. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you, you said. Actually, no, hang on. I'm, I'm, where am I reading? I've got 11th. Oh, I'm looking at box cutter. I've got 11th. So, a couple of spots below that. Um I agree with everything you said. I think it's amazing. Obviously, one scene in it is very well known, but we've just talked about the final scene being great. Again, saying this repeat after repeat after repeat in the last few weeks, there's nothing wrong with these episodes. There's nothing. We have not said anything negative. I don't think we've said a negative thing about any of these episodes in the last four weeks. And it's it's incredible to think that. I mean, it's just the quality keeps going on because I know, for one, there is an episode this season which I might even have as my number one. I absolutely love, love, love an episode this season. Um, but... Yeah, there's, there's so much to like about this, so many iconic moments, so great, so entertaining, and just so good. So I've got it at 11th, uh, just below Half Measures, and just above Grey Matter, which I still have at 12th. Wow, that's very high. Um, that is high. I didn't realise I had that still high. I mean, I like that episode, but I mean, 12th? <laughs> um, it's one of those ones that slipped through the cracks apparently. But anyway, it's kind of like when we did the um, the survivor rankings. You know, like, How did Leaf end up in the top 100? <laughs> he didn't end up in the top 100. That's one I definitely remember. Um, so unless you've got anything else to add, next week we are in to Problem Dog, which is always an interesting episode to see what somebody does with a certain car, which is a fun scene. <laughs> um and yeah uh, a pretty interesting episode too when it comes to gus and the cartel we start to uh, learn a little bit more about that as well and we also do we not get our beloved Gur back next week. Our uh, group leader, he's back next week, don't we? Yeah, yeah,
1: he's back. Yeah, so I think it's another one where Aaron Paul gets some fun stuff to do. Like, like I guess, like uh, quite often, I think, like you know, like. I can judge how much I've got to say on an episode in terms of my notes, and I can say that Problem Dog is the episode that I've taken the most notes for of any episode that we've reviewed so far. So that doesn't wow. necessarily mean it's good, bad, or otherwise, but I, I have a lot to say about it. So
0: glad you're um, hosting
1: so yeah i think it's it's a really really interesting episode it probably doesn't quite as um i guess probably as memorable as this one but i think it absolutely is another building block which kind of keeps us moving forward so yeah it's there's a lot going on in the next episode um and yeah it's just fun to kind of see the momentum really building on the show i guess
0: pretty important uh thing happens in two in terms of uh, hank and his investigation and the uh, yep. the napkin so uh kind of that's going to lead us down a path that we maybe weren't thinking was going to happen but to- does. Uh, in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, you'll like our other shows as well that are covering. Go to theosnetwork.net, sat so with all of those, and uh, you'll hear how to subscribe and all the fun stuff at the end as well. We appreciate you tuning in, let, like to know what you hear the show. So if you like it, let us know. If you hate it, let us know too. Um, I'll pass it on to Nick, he can read them. But in the meantime, this has been the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and this whole thing is all about me. And my name's
1: Nick, and uh, maybe I'm not such a loser after all.
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of The Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram,